back to another episode of Grains and Grace. I am Ryan, here with my brother-in-law, John. How you doing, John? What's up, buddy? How you doing? Uh, doing well. Another Sunday recording. We've changed our venue a little bit. We are at John's house this time. Yes, yes, and this will be temporary. I mean, this is like probably the only recording we will ever do here because... Unless the acoustics... Because... Oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm closing, me and my fiance Kate are closing on a new home this Friday, and we have a perfect little room in our basement that we're going to be setting aside for a podcast space. So, yep, we're going to have our very own Grains and Grace studio, and I am excited. You know, John, lots of things are changing, things are moving. Do you know that we actually have people listening to our podcast that aren't just our friends and family we've bribed to listen really yeah i know <laughs> this it's is incredible uh, it's a little nerd. you like us you really really like us there's a certain degree of freedom though where you think you're just screaming into the empty <laughs> void of the internet now yes. there's real ears attached to real brains and those brains john they're attached to hearts oh that was sweet. I thought so. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it is really cool to hear that uh, uh, we have some people uh, listening and wherever you're at, we appreciate your support. Remember, if you like what you hear, you, you can support us financially on Patreon. Uh, I actually want to give a, a shout out to one Patreon member, uh, yeah. Pastor John Audie of Timothy Lutheran Church. Uh, he is a new contributor. And so just shouting you out, man. Thank you for your support. And if you want to support us, again, you can go to Patreon. You can support us there. We encourage you to to like us, to follow us, to, to pass on our podcast to all your friends. And soon and very soon, we will also have a YouTube channel. Is that correct? It is correct. That's the next project that we have. Essentially, our YouTube is going to be the podcast you've already listened to, but we're going to try and chop it down into some more easily accessible pieces, not the long format. So... It should all be out there, but you know, just picking out the the best of the, us, which is very scant and yeah. Scarce. So you know, the whole <laughs> forty five minutes edited down to a good solid three minutes of work. That much content. You think there's yeah. that much? I think okay. we can get three That's minutes fine. out. Yeah. Uh, well, again, if, in case you're new to this show or uh, you haven't heard us before, uh, we are two armchair theologians. We are just people just like you. And we're just two idiots seeking truth. We're trying to figure this out. We do different topics. Uh, we've been working through uh, the book of Romans. And uh, that's actually what we're going to be finishing up today is chapter one. Oh, I thought you were saying we were going to finish up the book of Romans. Uh, yeah, that's John. impossible because it's taken us three episodes thus far to work through half of the chapter. But uh, yeah, we're going to be uh, uh, finishing up chapter one today. Uh, we're titling it The List. The List. The List. And uh, and then uh, we're going to take a break from Romans. And uh, the next episode uh, we'll be recording will be on the Lord's Prayer. So pretty excited and pretty... I uh, hope you enjoy listening to all this. And uh, yeah. It's, while we're on it, some housekeeping. Um, Fridays. Fridays, John, are when I'm going to plan on having all at least one new episode out. And maybe some bonus if we get ahead throughout the week. But yeah, if you're wondering awesome. what is their plan, what do they actually, what are they doing? We have no idea. Fridays <laughs> are when you should always expect new stuff. Ho hopefully right in time for your commute home from work so you can listen to us. And yes. Yeah, yeah. And that, that is, uh, I always love listening to podcasts to and from work. So these are, we've, we've tried to tried to time it. So that it's it's a perfect amount of time for a drive. So, absolutely. Uh, I think we also want to touch on. Um, we've gotten some feedback now. We have uh, from some of our previous episodes, 
And so we just want to touch on a few of those things Absolutely. that we thought were noteworthy. Ryan, yeah. did you have something? You know, I just wanted to say from um, from Pastor John Audi, who we were mentioning earlier, he sent me a text message after he did our second episode on worship that had both me and my fiance cracking up at about 1030 at night. He was responding to my question of what a, a bulwark is during the... Right, <laughs> during the worship. Uh... Yeah, we were talking about a mighty fortress is our god and at one point a bulwark is referenced and it was a clip from gilmore girls which uh have you seen it john have you ever seen gilmore girls i've not watched the show but no uh, my fiance kate loves it john and his wife both love it and uh the more i see clips from it i think maybe i should actually start watching but it's two people playing and one guy asked the exact same question that i asked what <laughs> is a bulwark and Apparently it's a wall. <laughs> the other guy says it's a wall. Yeah. And you showed me this clip and and they say, why don't you just say wall? <laughs> it's metaphor. It's but metaphor. yeah, so I guess it really does work with our God being a fortress. Our God is a strong wall, but I don't know. Bulwark is kind of cooler than wall. Bul- bulwark sounds better. Yeah. It doesn't sound like baloney. It sounds like a bulwark. I'm going to start using that. I'm going to be a bulwark uh-huh. of compassion yeah i'm not painting the walls i'm painting the bulwark yeah uh by the way i believe we're going to be working on your house are we going to be painting the bulwarks sir we're going to be painting the bulwarks we're going to be hanging (laughs) the artworks on the bulwarks yeah (laughs) that's wonderful so so yeah a bulwark is a wall a bulwark is a wall yeah and if we're wrong please no let us know (laughs) you can let us know at grains and grace podcasts at Outlook.com. Ooh, and our Facebook page. That's a great place, too. Yes. Go to our Facebook page, uh, which should be Grains and Grace Podcast. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then we had a we had a couple more comments. Um, I had a uh, Baptist uh, illuminate for me or, or uh, explain to me that I was getting the interpretation about uh, their understanding of alcohol um, and how it relates to the Bible and the Christian uh, should a Christian drink or not drink, etc. And uh, they explained to me that uh, this is a separate one, by the way. There's mm. two from this one uh, that <clears throat> um, uh, they aren't against alcohol. They basically, she said that it, it was the same position we had, but that she went further to say that. You know, if it hurts your Christian witness, what they taught was that if it hurts your Christian witness, then you shouldn't do it. Now, of course, I grew up in this particular experience. So for me, yes, I I understand that that was the overarching thing that was said, but it was not necessarily the thing lived out. It was lived out in such a way that if you did do it, you weren't a Christian or your Christianity was questioned. So... And I was only trying to make that point that we shouldn't do that. But, um, but yeah, I, of course I agree that if 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 somehow you're 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 hurting your witness somehow to someone, you yeah. know, you should be conscious of that. So. Well, I think it's a good thing for us to point out. We are speaking honestly and truthfully from our own experiences growing up and living in the church. Yes, and they were very real to us. That was your very real experience you had growing up. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the same real experience that everyone growing up within that church. So always know, well, 
statements we're making may sound blanket we are just making truthful statements from our own life Perspective. experience yeah yes so that was one and then and then i got another one that said uh uh that we had um essentially totally misrepresented alcohol in the bible and that where where and we were making the point that um you know, alcohol can be a good or a bad thing and that it really comes down to how you're handling it and what you're doing and the Christian needs to be aware of that and, 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 and you know, and God, but God has given us alcohol and, you know, et cetera, and that we should just be cautious. It's like anything. You should be cautious with, with anything you do. Well, he made the point that, in fact, alcohol was not alcohol in the Bible, it was the alcohol was cooked off, and so somehow was not alcohol in the Bible. <laughs> it was wine was just grape juice, basically. Um, and we talked about that briefly during. Yeah, the and then, in fact, that's what the the show was titled was "Did Jesus Really Invent Grape Welsh's Grape Juice?" And of course, you know the answer is is no. I mean, they they would mix their wines, they might water down their wines, and then they might just have a full blown wine, you know. And I think that the what we were pointing out was that like even in the um, first miracle that happens in the book of Gospel of John, Jesus turns water into wine, and it makes it very clear that this is actual wine, and it's a, there's a theological reason for that story. Um, the point being is. Uh, we can't, let's not make up stuff that's not there in the Bible because it doesn't fit maybe our perceived theologies. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you have to say, hey man, this ain't biblical to think this way and maybe I need to re-look re at this. So, yeah. It makes you think sometimes, why are there warnings against drunkenness if there wasn't an element of drunkenness already inherent yes in the wine to begin with exactly so. exactly that that's there's a potential for that and so you have to watch yourself as a christian but that but that we shouldn't be we shouldn't be excessive we need to learn as christians to be moderate in in, in that regard in mm -hmm. all things whether it's food whether it's drink we need to be moderate so and did I hear we had one other uh, feedback from another from a pastoral feedback? It was some pastoral feedback. Uh, 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 Pastor Rod, who gave an amazing sermon today, uh, graciously shared some uh, thoughts. Uh, and so I wanted to clear up some things. Uh, he did make a really good point that maybe sometimes when we're talking about um, communion or and we're bringing in this Lutheran perspective, that we might be giving some people the impression that if somebody doesn't have the same views about communion as us, they may not be saved or, or Christians. And I, I want to, yeah, I definitely want to clarify that, that that is not true. Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. And if you're, whether you're Southern Baptist, you're Methodist, whatever denomination you're from, we, yes, we all have different views about these certain things, communion, etc., baptism. But at the end of the day, we all share the fact that we are saved by faith through grace in Jesus Christ, and we all agree on that. And that's what why we get to be with God. That's why we get to be in heaven. So just because somebody doesn't share our particular Lutheran views doesn't mean that we're not brothers in Christ, sisters in Christ. Right, so I thought that was a really good thing that we needed to clear up. And... Um, yeah, there's and I'm forgetting the really important like cool Latin word for this, but there's different types of differences we can have in our faiths. There are ones that 
guess I'm not going to reference the words, but that are generally not important. They might be differences in how we interpret things, but they aren't going to change what we believe. It's not saying Christ didn't die and wasn't born or raised again for right. us. Like that would be a difference that we couldn't bridge the difference before if you said Jesus wasn't God. Right. But we can come to, we can still ignore certain disagreements in our faith that don't really matter. Little nitpicky things that don't yeah. really change the overall. Yeah, there's, I think there's, 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 a, there's essential things that to be a Christian, one does have to agree to. Um, then there are things that are non-essential that one can have liberty in. Yeah. And I would, I, I would even go as far as to say, uh, and I, I, and I think, I think maybe, I don't want to speak for him, but, but, you know, Pastor Rod maybe was implying this as well that, that we need to have, we need to have charity for other brothers and sisters, and that we're allowing that because I, my views changed over time, you know, and they maybe still need to evolve on a certain level, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I learned and grew differently and and so everybody's in these different places um and then there and then there are things that in all these things that we should be charitable we should be loving uh in how we handle all these things and so that's kind of what i'm doing right now i'm really just trying to say hey i if i came across uh in a way that made it sound like one thing i certainly didn't mean that and so my apologies to any of my brothers sisters in christ and excuse me if I'm making what we're doing here sound to be bigger than it is, but I think that's why these conversations we're having are important because we aren't coming to you with this podcast with through the lens of we know everything and we are telling you what to believe. We are, and I think you would agree, trying to show people an example of how you can have these conversations with your own people talk to people about it, dig through scripture, work through it when you don't come down to things. You don't have to be a professional to talk about God and what you're reading in the Bible. Don't be afraid to have a discussion on something because you think you might be wrong. Right, exactly. Well, uh, that is a, we've had a, this has been a fun intro. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, good, good words, Ryan. I think that uh, we need to talk a little bit about this guy right here. We've this... missed our beer intro. Yeah. Uh, so today we are enjoying something from Longboat Longboat Brewing Company. Logboat, John. Logboat. Logboat. It's Brewing probably it's, it could be a longboat as well, but it's a longboat made out of logs. Yes. Yes. Uh, of course. Uh, once again, we're showing our bias. It's a Missouri lager. It's called Bobber, mm. and it's a Missouri lager. And it is from, I believe, Columbia, Missouri. So That sounds right. It's a light, floral, and crisp. And I'm just going to say, I always like the artwork on beer cans. There appears this to be a, cool, a fishing alien. Is that what he's doing? Yeah. Is he fishing? It looks like a, is that an alien or a frog? And oh. he's sitting on top of a bobber in the water. Have you ever thought that maybe frogs are aliens? Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think Have you ever met Kermit? The... Oh, clearly an <laughs> alien Kermit, the way he moves. Sure. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's try this bad Oh, boy. yeah. Get it open. Oh, yeah. All right. Here we go. This is Logboat Brewing Company. It's good. I like it. It is a good beer. It's got some bite. It's mm-hmm. got some bite. Yeah. Ooh, after after bite. Yeah. Just there it is. Lingers with you for a little while. Yeah. It's got a, it's almost like the, the hops burnt a little bit. 
It's a, uh, it's got like a, a thick mouthfeel. It just kind of hangs out with yeah. you. Yeah. You see, I'm evolving in my beer descriptions. Mouthfeel. Yeah. It's got a thick mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's some. Is that stouty? It's got a stoutiness to it. Is it a little bit on the amber side? We are. We should just, pour these into a glass so we could actually we see should. the colors someday. We should. Right now, we're both uh, so everyone understands. We're staring down the hole of a can, <laughs> trying to figure out <laughs> the color of the beer. Yeah, uh, you know, um, it's 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 not bad. It's not. If I just got done mowing the lawn, I wouldn't want to go for this. I wouldn't find it refreshing. But right. I think end of the day, if I was wanting to. You know, pour my beer from can to glass. It would be an enjoyable yeah. end of the day experience. I feel like I feel like too, like you know, because the things advertising like it's the kind of beer you drink when you're fishing. I don't think I'm drinking this when I'm fishing. No. You see what I'm saying? If it gets warm, you aren't going to enjoy this. You kind of want it cold. This beer needs to be super ice cold to be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But you know what doesn't need to be super ice cold to be enjoyable, John? What's that? The Word of God. Amen. Let's get into it. <laughs> so, well, um, I can recap a little bit. So, Yeah, where did we leave off? Well, we, we were chapter one. We were talking about God has revealed himself in nature. We call this general revelation. And, and uh, to be distinguished from, from special revelation, which is what God has given us in his word, in the person of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and so then in chapters, in chapter one, uh, you know, God, because God's revealed himself, uh, and God's wrath is now being poured out because all men are without excuse and people are exchanging, uh, the, the truth of God for lies, whether it's in, you know, create their, instead of worshiping God, the creator, they're creating gods and worshiping those things. Um, whether it's, you know, God created us to be. Uh, man and woman, husband and wife, and people are trading what God has intended to be for something unnatural and what God would not approve of. Uh, so, and that's where we were at. And then uh, I was reading Psalms 106 this morning, and I thought this would actually help elucidate it. But uh, it uses the same wording. So remember in, in Romans, it says, the wrath of God is coming against ungodliness and however it says it. You know, so in, in, in Psalms 106, 40, it says, Therefore the wrath of the Lord was kindled against his people, so that he abhorred his own inheritance, and he gave them into the hand of the Gentiles, and those who hated them ruled over them. And, and it goes on to talk about that, that, that God did all these things to his own people, Israel, because Israel had exchanged, right? That It's that whole idea. They God had shown them all these miracles, had saved them. They crossed the Red Sea. And then they exchanged the real God and they created an, an idol. And, and then they, they started worshiping the gods of Canaan and they started doing you know things that were not what God wanted them to do. And God gave them the Ten Commandments and then they would still turn from God. So I think in a, in a way when Romans is, is talking there too, I think he, he's, you know, it's, it's, it really is speaking to a lot of what was happening in the temples even mm-hmm. and just pagan uh, paganism uh and and paul is just warning against this you know and uh and then paganism you know of course in our modern society is just you know just poured it's just overflowed and it's everywhere now mm-hmm. and you know what people call good used to be called bad because you know we used to have 
things that we would define by God's who God is and God's objective truth. And now people say, you know, these things are good and these things are bad and and they're just turning they're just turning it all on its head and I think Paul's warning against that. Yeah, and they were intertwining interweaving it with the church and with spiritual practices. Mm-hmm. I think if it was just something that was, you know, we're going to get into it here at some point where, well, it says they got a due penalty for their heirs. So yeah. these are people, they're, they're heirs and they're receiving the penalties. Yeah. But the reason I think sometimes it's mentioned is not just because of the inherent sinful nature of these acts, but it's, hey, we're taking these and we are interweaving them with our beliefs yes. like one in the same yeah and so th- to go along with that ryan that's a really good point uh psalm 106 continuing in that whole vein verse 30 uh, verse 43 because we want to use scripture to interpret scripture and so this is a similar idea and it says uh many times he delivered them he's talking about israel but they rebelled in their counsel and were brought low for their iniquity Mm-hmm. We talked about God's wrath and God punishing for a purpose, yeah. too. There is a purpose. I mean, there's consequences to sin, but those consequences can sin can either be twofold. They can be our eternal damnation. We just stay stubbornly on it, and, and they can carry us all the way to hell. Or they can be the thing, the um, catalyst um, that changes us and God begins to work on us and then, and then gives us faith and builds us. So to create that bulwark, bulwark. of faith that helps us overcome. <laughs> so, so then we, we, we talked about, I don't know if you had any more to add to that part, but, uh, just continuing to recap. I don't believe so. Yeah. We're, but, we, well, so then we got hung, we got, we got, we got stuck on this final part where, you know, and we have to also criticize the church too, because we, I think we're we're called to to do that to say, hey, you know, we need to be watching what we're doing. And we as Christians have gotten really hung up on the the men committing shameful acts with other men, and this is like the go to, like, you know, I'm gonna harp on gay stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And we churches do it all the time. And where we left off was the fact that hey, there's this list that's coming after. And, and we need to call sin, sin, but we need to make sure we're calling our sin out first. Yeah. Because as I said, we said last time, if you think that didn't apply to you, just wait. You, it's, it's coming. It's coming. And with that being said, do you want me to let's do it. bring it, bring yep. the list? So we're, I'm going to start out at 28 because there's a very important word. We talked uh, about yeah. transitional words and different cues you can get. But 28, Romans 1, 28 starts immediately with furthermore. You don't say furthermore unless it's referring to. So clearly right. that wasn't the final point Paul was trying to make in those prior verses. And it's he, almost like it's a junction word. Like like it's not, it's not saying like besides this, it's furthermore. So he's continuing the thought. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So furthermore, what? Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. And that's interesting there, too. They didn't think it worthwhile. I think that's a mentality a lot of people have today. It's not I'm antagonistic towards God directly. It's just, is this worthwhile to me? Is this relevant to me in my 
my life. They don't enjoy, and they don't enjoy God, or they don't think God has anything to say. Or uh, I, this is what's happened in 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 our modern modern time. I just touched on that, but yeah, yeah. But yes, they didn't think it was worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind, so that they do what they ought not be done, or so they do, so that they do what ought not be done. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's again, it's that it's that thing where we you know what's right. You know, there was I was reading uh, C.S. Lewis Miracles. I'm reading that right now, oh. and. Uh, he, he makes the point that there is this like uh, agreement that, you know, e- even if you're an atheist, right? And I, I know I always bring up like, well, even if you're an atheist, but I think I say that to say that like, look, an atheist and a Christian are going to disagree about is there a God or not, right? But usually um, an atheist and a Christian will agree, hey, you can't do that to a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Well, where did that come from? Where did that ought come from that oughtness right well i would say it, it's it's comes from god i think that atheists would have a more difficult uh more difficulty defending a moral position hmm. it's not that they can't have that moral position but you just can't explain to me why i can also have that moral position but i can tell you why it's because mm-hmm. god said so well and it's that idea we talked last week in previous episodes about how we we can't deny god he's there he's evident he's obvious in everything that we see through nature through our daily lives but the law god's commands are also similar to that the bible says that god's law is written on our hearts and i've always believed and understood that myself to mean that the God's law, the Ten Commandments, what we are told we should do and how we should live our lives, that's written on our hearts regardless of belief or not. So I believe that everyone has that sort of base level knowledge. Regardless of your faith, most people don't believe that murdering someone is all right. So and, that- and that would go back to that, that general revelation that God has given us. It's not just nature that speaks to God, but it's also that, that moral impetus that we all seem to to have that proclivity to understand that that something's just or unjust. Yeah. You know, and, and, and of course, I, I always say, you know, now God's grace is offensive to our natural sense of justice. Yeah. But when we really take on what God sees as just, then we're all guilty. <laughs> actually yeah. so we need grace you know that's all we can afford well we're already set to a higher standard it's not just we can't deny that there is a god or something in control but it's even expanding that to okay we can't deny there's a god and we also can't deny these certain base core levels of yeah. what our god wants from us and what's expected of us and how we we live our lives yes um so, uh, yeah, so it says, uh, gave them over to pray mind so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full, here we go, they are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. I'm going to keep going, you ready? Do it. They are gossips, Ow. slanderers. Gossips, oh church, there you go. <laughs> Slanders, God haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. 
They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Did you hear that, Christians? They not only know that those who do such things deserve death. Our sin, the penalty for our sin is death. By Actually, by Jewish law, there were a lot of sins that we do that would be considered what you get the, the physical death penalty for. Yeah. Whether it's if you're disobedient to your parents, adultery, all these things require death in, in old Jewish law. You know, But thank God for Jesus Christ that he paid all the debts, paid them all. But here's the point. And, and I'm getting on my soapbox here. But here's the point, Christians, you're listening. Because I can find my spot. I know where I'm at on this list. couple points. And I know better, right? That's what it's saying. You know better. It's saying they knew better, but they did them anyway. Just like you do. Just mm-hmm. like I do. And when we really sit back, it's human nature to want to protect ourselves and say, well... I did this for this reason, or I had no other choice. Life circumstances put me in this place. But we, if we really sit back and think about it, when we are doing wrong, we know we're doing wrong. Right. And sometimes we, we plot it. We plan it. It becomes like we almost yeah. like schedule the wrongdoing in our lives because... But it's just don't... gossip, Ryan. You know... It's just gossip. If, I mean, I, I'm just... I mean, is that so bad? I'm not a murderer. You want to know something about gossip? It's something that I have led a lot of Bible studies on. I've heard a lot of things. Uh, I've mentioned before that I work with the high school kids and the middle school kids in our church. So gossip's something that I can, as a leader, talk to them and say, see why it's so wrong to you know, destroy these relationships and friendships with gossip. But I'm always teaching it as a you know, going on 40-year-old man, sometimes I think, well, I don't gossip. I mean, when's the last time I said, hey, John, come over here. Did you see what that person <laughs> yeah. did over there? Uh, or did you mm-hmm. did you see what he was wearing? I yeah. don't... I mean, we think of gossip like that, but it's not that basic. When we, If we were to really think about what gossip is, anytime we're talking about someone else, you know, without their knowledge or something that they wouldn't want to hear or... Right. And we usually do. If you it can't for our... say it to your, if you can't say something to their face, mm-hmm. you probably shouldn't be saying it at all. And, and I, I'm telling you now, I'm guilty, as charged, except for the grace of God. That's enough right there, for God to say, that's not acting in love. Nope. Well, it goes on. It's usually an arrogant or a boastful thing. Gossip falls into those things because. Usually if we're gossiping, A, we're trying to bring someone else down, which is the complete opposite of what us as Christians are supposed to be doing, lifting people up. But whenever I have fallen into that pit of gossip, I'm usually trying to make myself look a little bit better in the meantime. Like, did you hear what so-and-so did with the implication that I, Ryan, would never do or act that way? It's sort of what you're doing when you're... But when it, you're gossiping. But at least you're not a murderer. Like here, at least you're not a murderer, Ryan. I 
kick a little dirt over top the spot in the yard where <laughs> um no no i'm not a murderer by the traditional sense i do not have any bodies buried in the yard right now but does but the... have you ever been angry at your brother or sister in christ john i have been angry what point are you trying to get well, at? jesus said that if you are angry if you have anger for your brother or sister in christ that that's almost akin to murder wait or 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 lust can can be equivalent to adultery or uh insolent arrogant have you ever been arrogant have you ever been boastful i mean come on just i hope i hope church and i'm using the big word church here Uh i hope church you're hearing what i'm saying you know it's easy to get caught up on the one thing when we're ignoring all this other stuff and it's like we're still doing all this stuff guys like we still do it in the churches so what you're not a murderer so what you you know what you've been awesome with your wife and you got a great family and you don't murder and you give 10% of your income or whatever but are you boasting about it mm-hmm. are you being arrogant are you are you gossiping are you having your cups of teas you know and it's not that we're going to be perfect Romans chapter 7 is going to teach us about that which is going to take forever to get to by the way but Romans chapter 7 talks about it. We're not perfect. We have grace. We have God. But we should always, before we start pointing our finger, we should be looking at ourselves and asking, wait, am I doing this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the one that always gets me, and I think this really defines our generation now, and I'm sure every generation can say it, but it is, they invent ways of doing evil. We may not have it on there, but it's like where if you're inventing something, you are purposefully, you're putting time and effort and right. thought into it. It's like if there's none of these that apply, what what other thing are you working up or, you know, trying to tinker on in your <laughs> yeah. workshop? New sins for yeah. 2023. Yeah. What's, what's a new way that I could sin? <laughs> well, you mentioned lust. Lust has been always around. The yeah. only difference is we think of new ways to express it. Yeah. yeah, the internet wasn't around in ancient Rome. They yeah. had they had to all meet in person. That's why they had those. The mindset of humanity wasn't any different. Right. Now people can just go to a dark closet in their room and yeah. get the same depravity that you had to go to a group event. To... Yeah, and 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 you, I mean, you talk about warping your mind. That stuff, you know, I've heard st- it can warp people's minds Mm -hmm. like really warp people's minds yeah and you and then you're and then you're and then the other part of that is would be in that is that you're isolating yourself so you're getting away from community a lot of times because community that's why church is important we keep each other accountable and and it's and and you know sometimes it can be like we talked about in the first episode you had the shirt on you said martin luther said sin boldly you know and when we're in community and we're in fellowship and we're walking with christ you know, sin bold. It's hard to sin. It's mm-hmm. really. I mean, it, it it can be, it can be difficult or difficult to at least maintain the sin, right? Yeah. When you're in community with other brothers and sisters in Christ, when when men, you know, Proverbs talks about iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. When Christian men are in community and fellowship with each other, they sharpen each other. They help each other. They they talk to each other. And they can and they can express these problems, but what happens is, the last thing you want to do at that point is after you've been working on something with your brother brother in Christ, 
go, oh, I messed up again. It's not that you won't mess up. I, I really hope that I'm being clear about that. It's not like I'm saying, and this is the part of chapter two, maybe we have to touch on a little bit, chapter, verse one, but it's not that I'm saying that in order to be a Christian, you never do these things. Your, your, your status with Christ is not based on this. In regards to, let me put it this way. If you don't have Christ, yeah, this list that we're all on is damning. You're screwed. If you have Christ, if Christ is in you, if if you are claiming Christ's righteousness and what he did for you, because God loved us anyway, despite this list, loved us anyway when we were unlovable, right? And you have Christ, then, then, this, then, then the 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 consequence of eternal separation from God is is gone. It's it's no more now, because God what God did. That's and that's what I'm trying to say there. Yeah, absolutely. And it closes out at the end of. Can, can you believe, John? We have made it to no the <laughs> end of the first chapter of Romans. Yes. But it ends out, although they know God's righteous decrees, once again, that's a theme we've seen a whole bunch is him saying, people know this. They know the law. They know God exists. Um, But it goes on to say they only continue to do these things, but also approve of people who practice them too. Right. So it's not just they're doing it themselves, but it's become a stamp of approval for everyone. Or maybe I'm not doing it, but I don't mind that someone else is doing it. Live and let live. You do your thing, man. It's not mine, but... So I think that's one of those weird places, because I hear what you're saying there. That's one of those weird... Like, living in the country we live, we have freedom. On a level... Well, (laughs) in theory, theory we're supposed to... I said it like they're gritted teeth. I'm like, yeah! (laughs) We got freedom. Um, We're supposed to have freedom. Um, So there is this... I don't know, and I do not want, I wouldn't want our show to turn into a political show. Um, sometimes I have this kind of libertarian view. Um, I'm definitely conservative in my own life. I can see where there are things where we have to respect other people that live in our country, and there's a certain, I don't expect everybody, because there's freedom of religion in this country, so I don't expect everybody to hold perfectly all Christian truth but at the same time how do we unify as a nation as a people as a culture around certain morals and i mean that and that is one of the big problems right now we're we're, we're struggling with in our country because there has been a loss of that culture because it was based at one time you know on certain judeo-christian values and that was the culture and now it's kind of up in the air. And so now you have people that, like you said, who not only practice things that are not okay, but they're encouraging others to do, do them. I, you know, right now I think of what's happening, you know, with a lot of the, 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 the trans issues and stuff. And I know yeah. that there's real psychological things going on there. And I don't, I certainly don't want to be, a, I'm not trying to be, a, you know, a lightning rod here or trying to you know, make an issue, but you, you see how it's not only people are being affected by this, but they're encouraging others to do this. And I don't think that's a good thing. 
Well, and that is a problem. And once again, we're, boy, we're going down a whole other area. But it kind of ties into an area we skipped over in the last one. So maybe it does does make sense that we're actually being bold. But, And we aren't making in this podcast any bold statements about your life right now. But what I'm going to say is something that I read from an, uh, it was a podcast that I listened to. I don't read books. I listen to the authors tell me in their podcast what their book was about. (laughs) This was a woman who was writing on the trans community for teenagers at an age group that I'm very interested in learning about and specifically issues among young teenage girls that consider themselves to be trans. And it's that the community around them is encouraging it they go online these girls who feel out of place at school and strangers are encouraging them to make big life decisions on their life yeah so this adult who made a decision on their own life and at this time feels that was the right decision for them they're in such a hurry to give these words of advice to these young girls and young men but they don't know their lives. They aren't real people in there. They give them support from afar right. to make big, bold decisions in their own lives. But then when they're living out these decisions, these internet people aren't there to help them. They got to pat themselves on the back that they were... They're just being... trying to affirm their own sin. Exactly. In a way, or, or their own life choices. Yeah. And like it could be something as simple as... I don't know, in my life, I really like a restaurant. So I tell someone, you got to eat at this restaurant, but I'm not taking into account their own dietary issues yeah. or who they are as a I person. I can. I'm allergic to crab, you know? No, eat <laughs> no, it. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. If you're allergic to crab, you should still go there, swell up. And that's, die. It's worth it. Because I like crab. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good point. And, and that seems to be what is happening in our culture. I think Romans is really relevant today to, to today's culture. But again, I don't want to get too wrapped up in that issue either because that's the whole point. Like that's what we're trying to say is whatever sin or this or that or whatever the thing is, you know, I still need to be looking at my own life. And I still kind of, so, and you were touching on something about, about groups and people and so I was saying it's hard in this country to figure that out because in this country, I, I think, you know, in my own life, I, I promote, you know, that, that God, God, God's best and God's way is man, woman, and that God has created us men and women. And, and, and you know, that's God's way. But I also do believe that we live in a country with other people. And so we have to allow... We have to allow a certain... I don't know why we live in a country with other people seems so funny. It's so obvious, but for some reason I couldn't help but laugh at that. Because I think some people think that they're the only ones living in this country. Yeah, I and I think why. that's a problem. And so we do have to allow room. And where do you find that? I don't know. I don't know. I'd love to hear from people, you know? Yeah. And here's one important thing. As Christians, we are called, as you said, iron to sharpen iron. John... You and me share a belief in Jesus Christ. Yeah. So it is our duty to each other to, yes, hold each other accountable. You to me and me to you. I'm also supposed to uplift you and you're supposed to uplift me. 
but the rules are a little bit different from a believer to a non-believer. To the non-believers, it's our job to show them that love, to show them that care. It's not our job to go immediately and start telling them what they yes. should. We haven't earned yeah. them. Bring them to it and let the Holy Spirit work through their lives. You're skipping so many important steps when you're going to a non-believer using scripture to say how they should change their lives. I haven't earned that right with someone's right. life. I don't even know you, first of all. to have, and You don't know Christ. You don't know the scripture that I'm referencing. It means nothing. It seems like such a worthless, futile like endeavor to try to yeah i think our greatest witness is how we how we act and this is what the one person who was trying to clarify what i was saying about alcohol which i agreed with to to a point what she was saying um on that for that episode um but yeah our 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 witness is so important now I think sometimes we get lost on what that means to have a good witness, and we think it's just following the do's and don'ts of Christianity. I think a good witness is how we conduct ourselves, like you said, with the unbeliever. Mm-hmm. How are we conducting ourselves? Are we being considerate? Are we being kind? Are we, if I'm, a, if I'm an employee and I have an unbeliever for a boss, how am I conducting myself as an employee? Knowing that unbeliever boss knows full well I'm a Christian. Um, maybe I'm a, a, a wife who's who's become a believer or has always been a believer. How am I conducting myself with my unbelieving husband? Right, because that's what matters. You know, we were just I was just reading this in First Peter today about that about the unbelieving wife and how she can she can be a um, a witness to her husband that may be an unbeliever and that your conduct like this in this particular passage it's showing that the conduct the way you're acting is going to be the thing that wins this husband over you know and because the you could sit here and read school well you know husband it says in isaiah i don't care what it says in isaiah why are you talking to me about this i told you i don't believe this stuff right but the conduct man what's different about her why, why is she, she, man, I was a jerk to her last night. She handled that. And what is, something's happened. Some of the most successful stories I've heard of people witnessing God's love to other people goes just like that. They don't even mention God up front. They're showing love and kindness to a coworker, to someone at school, to a family member, and at some point, it usually comes to that same same point where the person says, how are you able to be this way? How are you always so loving? How are you always so understanding? And that leads to that opportunity where they're like, it's my faith. Yeah. They don't front load the faith. They, right. you know, the love is up front. And then the people ask, where does this love come from? And that's your opportunity to explain how you're able to live this life, but you don't get that opportunity if you aren't living those yeah. lives of love in the first place. Absolutely. If you're picketing outside of, you know, killed soldiers funeral, people probably aren't seeing the love. They aren't going to come up to you and say, Hey, how are you able to be this way? They're probably going to avoid you as much. Yeah. As I don't want to be anything possible. like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
we have to be like Jesus when uh, he ran into the woman at the well and didn't turn her away, you know, but actually talked to her because she was a Samaritan woman. And we're, we're that same, that same, we're to show that same kindness and that same, here's, here's the well. You want to know the source of this? Because this Samaritan woman in that story, you know, it's like, why are you talking to me? You're a Jew. And, uh, I'm a Samaritan and you're not supposed to, you know, but if you really knew who was talking to you. Mm-hmm. And then she's looking for that deeper well. A good and that's that same thing, like you said. So, and then like, and so we'll, I know we got to end, but uh, St. Francis said, um, preach the gospel. And if you have to use words. And for being honest, I'd rather not use words. I'm yeah. sometimes really bad <laughs> yeah. with words. I mean, it's great that yeah. we're doing a podcast, but <laughs> I say a lot of dumb, stumbly things. The less I can talk, the better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, folks, uh, we're going to wrap up. Uh, that was Romans chapter one. We didn't get to touch on two, but we'll do that on the next Romans podcast. Uh, and make sure you tune in for the next podcast coming up. It's going to be uh, the Lord's on the Lord's Prayer. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Lord's Prayer and, and what that means in the uh, the Christian faith. Uh, Upcoming 10-part series on the Lord's no, Prayer. Oh, no, no, no. So this has been uh, Grains and Grace Podcast. I'm John. I'm Ryan. Thanks for listening. I'm in the world.